Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Here's What I'm Seeing, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. My name's Adam Tarno. I am here. The crew is back together. I got Jeff. I've got Cynthia. It's not Cynthia Culver anymore, though, right? <laughs> no, there's been a name change. There's been a name change. So there introduce is. yourself, our I, new guest. My name is Cynthia Baker. Cynthia Baker. What? Yeah. I Isn't that like crazy? That. I know. It is as crazy to me as it is to you. Yes. So after 53 years of Cynthia Culver, I am now Cynthia Baker. I like Congratulations. that. I like so that. Thank Congrats. You. Uh, thank you, thank and you. so, yeah, they've been married two months, and so today's all about marriage. So, <laughs> Cynthia, <laughs> here we go. What uh, how do we do it? Oh, what are Jeff so and I doing experience. wrong? Uh, <laughs> right. Let me see where to start. Yeah, no. But what we're going to talk about today is an article uh, that came out by McKinsey & Company. They put this out recently. It's called Intentional Learning and the Career Advantage. Uh, Jeff, talk about this article just real quick because it, it's really going to set up where we're going to go and some of the the things that we're going to try to discuss today. So, what what was it about this article that that caught your attention? Yeah, I've really been referencing uh, the McKinsey research over the last eighteen months in my work because I think they have really brought a lot of the qualitative skills needed for leaders during pandemic pandemic recovery issues, um, really addressing the talent landscape and all the challenges there. And this specific article article around a learning mindset, I think, really triggered in me some things that I wanted to talk about today with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so anytime we see an article or hear somebody talking about continuous education or learning or skill development is going to advance your career, help your organization, the three of us are going to go, oh, I like that, right? Yeah, that's right. a message that resonates with us because that's our career. This is right. what we do as a livelihood, right, is trying to to uh, teach and educate and help people develop their skills. Uh, but it's also part of our story and things that we think have been really helpful for us as well, right, that we're lifelong learners uh, as well with all of this. So we're navigating this talent landscape and helping organizations uh, with this. So, Cynthia, what were some of your reactions to this article that really resonated with you? I think the thing that I took away from the article was learning as a skill. And, you know, I think it's so important to have that growth mindset. And to me, that's what it really was, was the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. Because I feel like that's one of the things in coaching people that they're stuck is they think that they're capped at, you know, wherever they are, whether it's sales or whether it's skill or whether it's brain power or talent. And really the thing that is so crucial is the ability to say, hey, I actually can do this if I put my mind to it. And I'm intentional about developing that and yeah. developing uh, learning or growth in certain areas. And so I just feel like that's what I took away is, oh, we have to actually develop that muscle. Why of, do you think hey, people fall into fixed mindsets, especially in this this space we're talking about? Well, I mean, I, I actually think it's what you learned growing up. I mean, I think that's where it starts. I'm not saying that's where it ends, but I do think that's where it starts. And they don't know any different. Yeah. They don't know any different until you start actually saying, hey, I know you don't know that, but can you just say, I don't know that yet? Mm. That that's the difference, you know, and or I'm not good at that, or I'm not good at that yet. And I just think it's that's a so way good. that we've been programmed to talk to to think. And once you begin to break people out of that, it's a whole new world. I mean, it was for me. Yeah. I was a fixed mindset person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one of the things they referenced in the article were you know how powerful words are the things we say to ourselves. One example was was a leader was struggling with, well, I'm not good at presentation, or I don't like pre presenting in front of people. And the framework you're talking about, really a growth mindset, is that I'm working on that. Yes. I'm working on getting more comfortable, which is a really powerful thing. 
to 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 switch in your mind and begin to work towards a growth mindset. Yeah, and you know, and there's a there's could be a limit there where as we progress in our career, it's okay to go, yeah, just because I can do some things doesn't mean I should do oh, everything, sure. right? So so yeah. we we want to be wise about certain things that we say yes and no to, but I really like uh, we may fall uh, we may like use that as an excuse too often, right? right. Oh, I'm right. not good at presenting. I mean, plus I'm in my mid forties. Right. I I don't even have Probably time to give feedback or in those yeah. kinds of things. Right. right. I mean, uh, it's sort of a cop out. It could be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. it can be. But I'm with you. Just because I want to go to the moon doesn't mean that I should aspire should, to that. Yeah. And and the truth is, there are some things I can't do. That's, and that's right. A, and that's okay. Too. And that's okay to so. say no and to live right. strategically and. Uh, uh, you know, we can't say yes to every possible plot line that we could live, yes, right, in our right. life. That we got to say yes and no to a few of them. But I really like what you're saying is of thinking about this this learning as a skill. What would be some other ways people think about learning if they don't think about it as a skill that you all see as you're working with clients? I think about one just real quickly, just to get it going, is is a burden that people view learning as a yes. burden. Like I don't have time for that, right? right. Learn. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I've got I've got this to do list. I've got my home life. I'm coaching this team. I've got this going on. I've got my aging parent. Like I don't have time to learn. Who's gonna? What are you gonna do? Sit around and read? Like right. well, what? So what would maybe be some other barriers or other ways that people would view learning that would prevent them from thinking about it as a skill? Well, I think the way you're describing it, I I would interpret that as tasks, more things to do. Okay. I think what we're trying to maybe explore here in this discussion is learning as first a mindset perspective. Mm. Is it fixed or is it growth? And number two, curiosity, which is so powerful. Yeah, I mean, everybody has time for curiosity because it's it ex, it expands our intentionality. We even driving down the street or going to Starbucks, whatever we do. And I, I've personally been going through a lot of that in my life, as I'm sure you guys have, in terms of just really gratitude and people that are in front of me actually mm-hmm. listening to them and actually focusing and having conversations. Being present. <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds foundationally simple, but... I think that's a place to start with this learning perspective yeah. is just being curious and opening up our senses to what's in front of us. Have you guys ever had to help somebody develop that uh, what almost like a desire for curiosity because it it feels like how do I help how do I help somebody become more curious mm. with life so that they are viewing something not as, oh, I know the answer, but they're viewing something as, I wonder why that's happening. And you know what is so funny? Mm-hmm. I think that is a skill that I'm not great at. Mm. And as I was reading this, I was thinking, A, as a coach, like that that's, you know, A, number one. <laughs> I probably and, want to be curious yeah, I about, want to be curious the, about that. Yeah. But, but that, that there, you know, the growth mindset, I'm like, oh, I think I've got that down, but the curiosity. And I see people who do that, and it really is. So my husband's that way. Yeah. And it, it is so amazing because it it, it removes all defensiveness mm. when someone is just curious, like yep. they're genuinely curious. Right. And and I think honestly, the the lack of curiosity comes from a mindset of I'm right or I know the answer. Mm. And so you really I mean, I think that's where you've got to start. Because I know for myself, I've been reflecting on that a lot. Like, why do you think you know the answer to that? Why do you think you're right uh, about that? Yeah, and yeah. so I think the lack of curiosity comes from, I know in my own life, but in the lives of other people that I am coaching, it comes from, I already know that. Mm. Yeah, I, I think just because we're so distracted and we're so multitasking all the time, and those are that's the enemy of curiosity. 
I mean, it just, it'll suck the life out of you. With good intention, we're trying to keep up and do all these sorts of things. A quick story, a couple of weeks ago, I was out in California giving a talk to a pretty large group of wealth advisors on the topic of emotional intelligence. So I was the, I was the qualitative guy mm-hmm. stuck at the, in the four o'clock slot right before the happy <laughs> hour, right? And I, and I, um, as I began my talk, everyone has their laptops open. They're all doing their emails. They all got their phones out. On the screen, it says, emotional intelligence, it's what differentiates you. And so I opened the talk by saying, how many of you, by show of hands, are interested in this topic and really want to get better at it? 150 hands go up in the room. Okay. My next statement was, I also know that if you want to get good at it, multitasking is going to get in the way and it's going to prevent you from doing that. And all the laptops close simultaneously in the room, and off we go. How cool. And we had this great presentation and dialogue and Q&A about it. But it was, I mean, we we kind of all feel guilty knowing we're doing that. But it robs us of the space to be curious and learn if we're just distracted all the time. Yeah, because it's it's like the important but not urgent, right? It feels like a nice to have, not a need to have. What I need to do is answer these emails right now. What I need to do is uh, schedule that meeting. Uh, yeah, working on my empathy or my amygdala hijack right, <laughs> response, right. right? Maybe eh, I can I can deal with that on right, Thursday. Right. Uh, but right now, I immediately need to do this. I like what you're saying about curiosity, and I'm wondering if uh, a little bit of a discipline that we can add to our life is in conversations, and maybe we just try this for three or four days, in conversations... I want to make sure I'm asking two to three questions. My wife uh, has this reputation of being one of the best question askers I've ever met. And people just remark, in the 18 years I've been married to her, they're just like, when I sit down with her, she just asks me question after question after question after question. And I think it really is just mm-hmm. that curiosity. She's mm-hmm. just interested in your story. She wants to know you know, how things went. And so... Some of it, too, she would prefer to be the question asker than being right. the spotlight of attention right. uh, is some of that. But I think there's something we can learn there right. that maybe if we just get to the point where I'm going, ask this person some questions, right? right? Forcing right. myself to be curious could then help foster some of that right. attitude, maybe? Well, and I was just going to say, too, uh, going back to the busy piece, is not having an agenda. Mm. You know, and we are busy, whether it's an agenda to get my coffee and run out of Starbucks and not talk to that person or or having an agenda with the person of here's what I want to talk about. Here's right. what I want to cover. And going back to the things that are the enemy of curiosity and learning. Um, and then also I was going to add this. I think one of the enemies to all of this and to helicopter up, say, 30,000 feet is that we don't prioritize. Mm. So we're not we're not reflecting enough on our own life to say, hey, I need to make learning a priority. Like you know what I mean? Like we're so busy that we don't reflect enough to go, hey, this year I want to learn in this area and I'm going to devote, you know, X amount of time to yeah. it. Yeah. Let's swing back over to the implication on career. I think one of the most powerful things an early to mid-career professional can do is information interviews. If they're thinking about, I'm thinking about moving to a different company or I'm thinking about even a different profession. In, I know a lot of the coaching we do with, with young people, we encourage them to do that. Not just go take your resume and how can I get in front of people, but start with the perspective of learning and curiosity, uh, researching the agency or the firm, but going into it with a true motive of how can I gain from you? What have you learned in your career? What do you like? What do you don't like? 
that builds confidence. It builds clarity on the direction and the vision of their career choices. Mm-hmm. It's really a powerful strategy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that that we're bringing this back to really the implications of the article, which was career advantage. So there is something here. It's not just to be a better human being, although that will help if we right. are curious and we're learning. Uh, it helps makes us you know more mature uh, people, but. I think there is that, what McKinsey was pointing out, that direct correlation between that curious mindset, that learning mindset, that growth mindset, and advantage to you personally. Uh, you're, there's going to be more opportunities, and it probably makes sense just at the surface if you're saying yes to things that you don't know, or if you say not yet, right? I'm not right. good at that yet, but I'm going to go find the answer. I don't know now, but I will know. You're going you're gonna to learn some things and get some skills, and then you're going to be able to say yes to some more things, and then you're going to add value in meetings, and then you're going to have, they're going to come to you and go, oh, what, what's your perspective That's on right. this? And then before you know it, you're kind of, you're in the room where it happens now, or That's you're being right. invited right. into that room more often, and that is an advantage to your career. And it all starts with the humility right. to go, I don't know everything. Right. And then sooner or later... You've got some opportunities, right? Is Which that, is an uh, attractive advantage, humility. Absolutely. And what a friend of mine says is, say yes more slowly. Hmm. What, so, do, what do they mean by that? What do they mean by that is, um, I'm interested, tell me more, or I, I'd, I'd like to get involved with that project, and I have got some competing priorities over the next quarter, but how can I stay involved or stay in touch with you so that when things open up for me, maybe in the next quarter, then I can get involved in that committee? That kind of strategy yeah. where you're you're signaling, I'm an interested party here and I want to get involved, um, but just a more slow integration into something new. That's good. That's good. It makes me think about uh, Jackie and I went to go see Nate Bargatze this weekend, stand-up comedian. If you guys don't know who he is, oh, yeah, go. And so he told this this joke about how he changed in his 20s, 30s, and 40s. He's, he's uh, I think, like 41 or 42 now. And how when he was in his 20s, he said yes to everything, right? It was just like, where are we going? I'll go there. I don't care when we get back. I don't care where we're going to sleep. Yes, yes, yes. 30s, it was like, well, like, what, is it open? You know, what time? <laughs> right. I'll meet you there. I'll drive myself. And then he's just like, now in my 40s, it's just no. I'm just not going anywhere, <laughs> right? And as a guy in my mid-40s, I identified with yeah. it. I was like, yeah, I'm up for no adventures Too much anymore. Energy, yeah. uh, right. But I like what, I think it, it correlates to what you're saying there. If we can tap into a little bit of that, 20s energy, right? Uh, as we continue to get older and say yes, and, and it's not maybe maybe combining the 20s and the 30s, say yes, but just a, a little bit slower. There's still some great things that are going to happen by saying yes, rather than just that initial reaction of no, I'm not going to do that, or I have nothing to learn here. Uh, just saying yes can really lead to some some cool spaces. Yeah, I mean, for coming us. out of the isolation that many of us have been in, I mean, just there's so much opportunity to be more discerning about what we're saying yes right. to, not just saying yes to everything because the world is beginning to open up. Yeah, uh, when you talked about before we hit record, Cynthia, learning as a skill. The first time I heard that was probably the fall of last year. We got a puppy at the end of the summer. And so we brought, uh, hired an obedience trainer. She was awesome. Lauren was great. And one of the first things she said about our dog was, we've got to start here because she has to learn how to learn. And I was like, learn how to learn? Like, they, don't just, they don't just come out knowing how to learn. And she's like, the first session, we were just teaching the basic sit command. She was probably four months old, maybe five months old at the time. And after 10 minutes of just doing this, she just went and took a nap. She was like, oh yeah, she's exhausted. Like her brain has never worked that hard in her little existence, just learning how to learn. And then the thing, she's like, just wait, at the end of this, on on session six, 
we're going to be able to cover five different obedience things. So today we're just starting with one, but she's learning how to learn and over this period. And so I just saw that that as a skill, like I just saw that really clearly <laughs> recently right. in our family with that. And I think as humans, we're probably very probably similar, right? Very yeah. you're, similar. you're right. Because when you sit with people, I was just thinking about, that made me think about two different things that I've done recently. One was supposed to be like an all day, you know, hey, we're going to work on this. It was actually about mindsets. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, let's call it a flop when you spend six hours, right? Because yeah. you can't sustain six That's hours, right. right? That's right. And so you do have to to bring that down, and you have to exercise that muscle. And like the puppy, it gets stronger as you go. It really does. But you really do have to discipline yourself to try to learn in shorter increments until you can kind of grow into that. Yeah. I mean, when people first start journaling, it's like, okay, just write for 10 minutes. Right. Just start Not there. even that. Five. Yeah, just a few just sentences. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, if there's somebody out there, because I do believe we live in the the golden age of learning right now. It has never been easier. So nobody has an excuse. Right. I mean, w- between podcasts and YouTube videos and master classes and professors leaving universities just to go record on YouTube all of their lectures, right? Oh and gosh. just going, I don't even need this job anymore. All my lectures are out there. I mean, we live in this golden age of learning. And so don't have to go from zero to a hundred, just start somewhere, right? right? Start like what you, I, I still think and remember that example, Cynthia, that you said, like, how about we just print it out and staple it, right? And I, 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 think might, I, I think I did that the yeah. other day. Well, yeah. you brought your staple copy today. I did, that's yes, that's Looking exactly right. And annotated. I think I printed it out. Indeed. But it's it. just start with that small yep. little thing. Don't, don't say I'm now going to become... Uh, the best learner in my organization tomorrow, right? right. Now, yeah. just start, like, I'm going to listen to five minutes of a podcast, or I'm going to read three pages tonight, or I'm going to write for a few minutes. Uh, just start small and and just get some momentum going. And That's right. You're an expert at this. Congratulations to your 365 days of writing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. just the That's small awesome. little things. Yeah. And it was, it, it was, able, it was able, to, uh, able to go. So, um, Jeff, you were talking about, again, before we hit record, some things that you're seeing out there with the or like what organizations are really thriving now post pandemic and it really has to do with this topic as well so can you talk about that yeah one thing that i think is really important for leaders to hear is um with the desire to sort of come out of the gates and we've got to get training going and for for, for lots of good reasons to sometimes to kind of you know retool skills sometimes just to kind of address morale and engagement those kinds of things but what I think you've got to really be careful not to just to throw training at people and think that that is going to create engagement and and deal with your talent retention challenges um, I think you got to start with modeling and being really intentional about the topics that you want to bring into the training programs. Uh, we've talked widely about how organizations are increasingly bringing the qualitative topics into the balance, the technical, the financial, the other kinds of um, topics that are important for learning. And so um, just really uh, distill down what's most important and make that a priority. Don't try to just throw training at people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned about, about the balance of that. Right. And is there a, a balance that is kind of 
striking I, something. Yeah, I see that as an increasing um, opportunity to to bring that into training programs. I think leaders are way more open because of what we've seen. You know, sometimes we go through something very difficult and traumatic, and then leaders kind of wake up and go, oh, there's a human factor here. We've got to make sure we take care of our people. And so um, I think it's becoming more mainstream. Yeah, yeah. And, and specifically with those qualitative skills or what, you know, maybe traditionally called the soft skills. Uh, I had a call this week with a guy who is uh, works for one of the the law schools here in Texas, and they are requiring all of the uh, the students going through the traditional three year law school. They have to take uh, three years of classes on what they call professional identity, which is teaching all of the qualitative skills. Uh, which I, I just thought that was pretty interesting because I know, you know, my wife went through law school today and talk about no. any of that back then. It was like, no, you are going to learn the law and then you're going to pass the bar yep. and then you're going to go be an attorney. And so, again, just some of the awakening that's happening that this stuff is, is right. so important and there's got to be a balanced approach to it. So, yes, they want to create great technically competent lawyers who also know how to interact in healthy relationships and lead well and understand how people work. So I was like, kudos to them. Yeah, that was well, great. that's a very specific right. example. When it begin, becomes institutionalized yep. in um, professional learning programs, and then it begins to get into business and industry. Yep. So, I mean, that, I think those are great signs. That really well, is. Well, and I know from working with clients that you can't put in front of your clients people that don't have good bedside manner. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. you do have to train them on that and you do have to educate them and you do have to help them become people oriented to be able to interact with your clients. Yep. And so as an employer, it is a, an important thing for, you know, to, to have the confidence to send them out and to represent the company. Yeah, so absolutely. it is a big deal. It is. OK, let's talk to a few people here as we as we wrap this up. So let's talk to the HR or learning director at a at an organization what would be some things, some practical things that they should do with some of the things that McKinsey brought up, some of the things that we've been talking about today? What are some questions they should be asking or some ways they can implement this? Well, I think I, I would always start with assessment. And I don't mean some big, giant intervention study, but make sure that you have a pulse on the people and what they need and what they want in terms of skill development. And make sure you ask questions on the qualitative side and bring that into your strategy. Yep. Uh, would you say anything you're seeing out there organizationally, how to, you know, create this learning mindset? Well, I, I do think helping people, and, and this is probably more just on the mindset in general, helping people to work on their mindsets, yep. you know, and that would be a specific thing uh, around that, you know, topic is helping people to have a grittier, uh, small steps over time. You yep. know, I'm quoting two books, actually. Yeah. Uh, the compound effect and grit, um, helping people with that, because I think those are some of the core competencies to having workers that uh, can have endurance to and, and to do the small things over time. So yeah. I feel like d addressing mindset specifically, I think is important. Yeah, Cynthia, one thing I, I see out there, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned HR professionals, because many times they're the gatekeepers for yeah. these programs. Yeah. I think sometimes you've got to package those kinds of uh, the skill development, the exploration of those topics in more industry accepted labels Agreed. like communication skills, emotional intelligence now is mainstream, yep. decision making, trust building. Those are mainstream vehicles that you can uh, develop a much higher impact by bringing those mindset principles into. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. You can't just say I'm holding a workshop on mindset. That's right. That's gonna, right. That doesn't go over well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So I'm imagining anybody that's still listening to this episode now, they're a learner. 
Okay. So I'm going to imagine most people that listen to this podcast, they have some curiosity. They're trying to add some skills. They like learning. And especially if they're, you know, 20 some odd minutes into this, they haven't turned it off yet. They really like learning. So let's talk to that person, encourage them. Number one, way to go. Thank you uh, for listening. And that's great. This is going to continue to be a skill that will give your career an advantage. But what would you, how can we help that person who loves learning, who likes learning, who has seen the benefit of it, help somebody who is struggling to, mm. to maintain that mindset? What are some ways that we can encourage that person as they're coaching and developing others? Great question. I would start with personal testimony. Mm. Hey, this has had an impact on me, and it's it's really changed the way I've approached this, or I'm thinking about this, or my energy is better, or I'm more clear. Um, I just did that this morning, sitting in my car before I came in here. I was encouraging a friend who was, was going through a lot of change with aging parents mm. and um, some real stress and, and challenge there. And I, I sent her an article and I said, hey, you know, hey, I would encourage you just to read this and focus on a couple of these things. I think it could help you right yeah. now. Yeah. So, you know, pay it forward. That's good. What, what you're learning. I like that. I love that. I'll always love sharing as a, as a way. But um, I think really listening, hmm. A, listening to what people are saying and then just kind of full circle asking questions like, well, why do you feel that way? You know, why do you feel like you can't move forward or why do you feel like you can't change your job or why do you? And so ex- helping people expose their fixed mindsets. That's really good. So that they can, I, I mean, that's what we say in coaching, right? It's better for them to, to, to have the aha than for you to tell them. That's right. So asking them the questions around being curious yeah. around why they feel the way I, they do. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think... That's that's a framework. Everyone can be a peer coach yeah, if you totally. start with listening. Yep. Everyone can uh, be a peer good. coach. Yeah, uh, I I like you know. So maybe you're working with somebody and they do have an issue that they're struggling with or a problem they're trying to solve, and then maybe you're listening to a podcast later, or you're watching something on YouTube, or you read an article or a book. Sometimes just taking the picture, sharing it with them, and going, "Hey, I found this that's helping you with that might be helpful as you're dealing with that." That if we can show there really is an immediate benefit to some of this learning, it really does help expand our horizon so we can solve some problems we're facing. That may get somebody to go, oh, okay, well that that author was helpful or that person on YouTube was engaging. Where, where's more? That podcast was helpful. I want to listen to more from that person, which again, just to, to give them an experience of learning being helpful um, could be really good. So. Jeff, any final thoughts? This is a good article. I love great this conversation. topic. It, it's just been fun reconnecting with you guys and kind of hearing how you're applying these things in your life and in your career. And, um, you know, I just, you know, in 2022, it, I'm, it's a new year and I'm, my curiosity is maybe bigger than it's ever been. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, I love this topic a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if there's anything we can do to help you, if there's anything we've talked about here today and uh, you have some other specific questions, reach out to us. I'll put links to all of our websites there in the show description but that's all we got for today thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you all again next time